It's the criterion. It's the criterion. 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 In. 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 everybody welcome to the criterion project this is the show where we talk about what is playing on the criterion channel and it is so much fun i am film critic rachel wagner conrado's here yes i'm right here yes and we have a very special guest today our friend jimmy is here from uh his youtube channel and he covers a lot of bollywood films and thank you so much jimmy for coming on the podcast yeah, hi everybody, and thank you for having me. It's uh, it's an honor, and I'm looking forward to talk about this movie because it's one of my favorites. Yeah, we're going to talk about Pather Panchali today, uh, in honor of the uh, hundred. Is right, this is would be his hundred year birthday. Yes, exactly, one hundred years. It's Sachidit Ray's hundredth birthday, and we're excited to be talking about one of his movies, Pather Panchali. And why don't you, this is your first time on the podcast, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure. So my name is Jimmy Cage. I'm originally from Germany and now I'm living in Vienna, Austria. And I'm also a movie critic. I review movies on my YouTube channel. You can find it just um, just look up Jimmy Cage on YouTube. And uh, I started a channel reviewing all kinds of movies, uh, mostly American movies. But um, then when Bahubali, the Tilugu language Indian movie Bahubali was released, uh, someone recommended it to us. And then I started reviewing Indian movies. And now my focus is pretty much pretty much on Indian Indian cinema. And it's a, it's a huge treasure uh, chest with a lot of different um, industries in India because it's not just... Not just Bollywood, but there is also Tollywood and, of course, art house movies. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing on YouTube. Oh, very exciting! I'm also I also have very recently gotten into Indian movies, specifically, well, also through Bahubalu, the um, Tamil movies. No, and it's, I, it's Telugu. I it's, it's actually Telugu. The, oh, really? Yeah, it's it's uh, Tollywood, it's Telugu, it's uh, S.S. Vajamuli, but um, Tamil is not that far away, the, the industry, it's all uh, South Indian movies. Oh, interesting. So have you seen, because I have a couple of favorites, one of them is called Iga, which is about this revenge fly yeah. that comes back to life, Iga which is I fantastic. Yeah, Iga is, is so yeah. much fun, and uh, I listened to um, one of your podcasts lately in uh, mm-hmm. preparation for, for today, and uh, when you mentioned Iga, I was super happy to hear that. I think it was the Monsoon Wedding podcast mm-hmm. that I uh-huh. checked out, and uh, yeah, Iga is awesome. Iga is from the same director as Bahubali. Yeah, that's right. It's, I love that movie. Well, yeah, you were the one who introduced me to Bahubali, and then I became some somewhat obsessed with it. I loved it so much. <laughs> Bahubali yeah. one and two. Yeah. <laughs> do you, which one do you like best, one or two? Um, I'm pretty much on the same page with you. I think the second one is better, but I also prefer the music from the first yeah. one more. The, the songs from the first one are so uh, catchy and uh, yeah. I listen to the soundtrack a lot of times. But overall, I think that the second one, the story and the characters, it's uh, yeah. it's deeper. And yeah, I like the second one a little bit more. Also, the, the first one has some very, um, let's say, controversial moments. Um, <laughs> and the second one is a little bit... Um, um, not not as problematic i think in the first one there's yeah. this one scene mm-hmm. where a girl gets undressed during a song and it's kind of um a little bit off-putting but um mm-hmm. yeah right yeah i just love the energy of them they're so like it's like true spectacle yeah in in a way you don't see in a lot of western movies Absolutely, yeah. S.S. Rajamuli is such a creative filmmaker. And even if the effects aren't that great, and even if some of the things uh, are kind of putting you out of the the illusion of the movie, out of the immersion for a second, you somehow forgive it uh, way more in, in, a, in a movie like Barbali than, for example, in a, in a Hollywood movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. so you can feel that the passion and the creativity behind it, and you can forgive that uh, the budget is maybe... The budget is way, way... Um, um, smaller than for, for a big blockbuster in, in mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood. Yeah, totally. It's just because the ideas are so crazy and imaginative yeah. that you just want to see them happen no matter what the budget is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Especially with something like Ega. It's a story that would uh, never be green lit, I think, in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And your friend who you do the a lot of the Indian movie reviews, how how did you end up? Uh, have you been friends for a, a long time? Yeah, yeah, we have been friends for for years. Um, Dennis and I, we we met in Vienna. We both uh, studied film science, film history here at the university in Vienna, and that's where we met. And then for a very long time, we had this um, w with some other um, colleagues. We had this little German language um, movie homepage where we reviewed. Um, mostly Hollywood movies, but in, in German and just text, so no video back then. And um, it was also Bahubali that um, that uh, I recommended to him. And he, have, he had uh, seen more Indian movies than me in the past. And he also totally loved it and joined me for that special review. And mm -hmm. then I, I told him, hey, people like us talking about Indian stuff. So how about you join me for, for at least one video each week? And so that started it's it's an awesome way to um also to keep the friendship alive because um in 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 our age we have to work so much and uh, maybe you have a girlfriend and stuff like that but this um doing these reviews together it's always a great opportunity to to meet up at least every two weeks and uh, record a movie mm -hmm. um, movie review and watch another movie and that has been awesome for the last years yeah that's great. Yeah, Bahubali bringing everybody together. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you recommended it to me. I recommended it to Conrado. He's recommending it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and even in India, I think a lot more, um, because in India there's a lot of rivalry when it comes to uh, North Indian movie industries and South Indian movie industries. Mm -hmm. And Bahubali really put um, the Telugu industry on the map. And um, I think it's the, the second most successful Indian movie of all time when it comes to the box office. And yeah. um, everybody's now waiting for the newest Rajamuli movie, which should be coming out this year, I guess. So yeah, I'm that will be Fingers interesting. Crossed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, what we like to do on this podcast is we like to start off by talking about what we've been watching, whether it's on the Criterion channel or it's just whatever we've been watching. And uh, Karanda, what about you? So I watched last night a movie that has just uh, opened in quotation marks. I mean, it's playing in some movie theaters, but also it's available on VOD. And it is by one of my favorites. It's the movie's called About Endlessness, directed by Roy Anderson, who is a Swedish filmmaker. We haven't covered it on this podcast, I don't think yet, but I remember... Uh, I think maybe when we did our best of 20, 2007 on your channel, mm -hmm. uh, Rachel, I brought up the movie You the Living, which is one of his. And all his movies are kind of these very uh, deadpan, droll comedies that are kind of like sketch movies in which they have like this very uh, grayscale vignettes and these very elaborate sets and then this kind of like very darkly humorous uh, bits to them. And this newest one is very similar in style, but in themes, it is, I felt much darker than anything he's ever done. Even the funny moments, which there are some, feel so um, kind of sad and, and angry about the state of the world and about like really despairing about the situation, which, you know, doesn't sound like something that is super... Uh, like an easy watch or anything like that. But I feel like sometimes, especially for me, when you have some of these feelings, it's good to know that there's other people who feel a little bit similar like you. And, and it feels a little bit cathartic to see that uh, you're not alone in seeing that there are problems in the world and someone being able to take them and make art out of them and out of these feelings can feel invigorating. So I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but if it sounds like something that you might be interested in uh i would definitely recommend it mm -hmm. yeah i know what you mean about uh, that being kind of cathartic is finding those movies that ex that captures an emotion even if it's a sad movie i don't think it's necessarily bad to it could be really great to have a sad movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah he's just such a specific kind of humor because he's mm -hmm. so uh you know do you remember the movie rachel did it make you watch it yeah i think so i i doesn't it have uh doesn't it have a scene uh, where they pull the the 
the yeah the dinner, the, the, the table the cloth. dinner tablecloth that's yeah. right and, and that's yeah so that scene it's one of my favorites because it's so funny to me um but then a, a lot of the scenes around it are a little bit darker and a little yeah. bit sadder right so this movie is much more on that side um there's some beautiful scenes in it but also almost everything that's funny it's also uh much even darker than it has ever mm. been in his stuff interesting uh what about you jimmy have you been watching anything uh interesting uh of late um, on the Criterion channel, not that much. Um, coincidentally, the last two movies that I watched on the Criterion channel are two movies that you talked about on the podcast, which were A New Leaf by Elaine May and uh, Tampopo. I guess just maybe because they were on the on the front page when you open up the channel. <laughs> and I enjoyed both those movies a lot. But then recently just watched a lot of the Oscar nominees because I always want to catch up before the ceremony. Mm. But a movie... Um, that uh, is very fitting to today's um, movie is um, a short film by Satyajit Ray. Uh, it's called Two from 1964. I watched that last week. It's just, uh, I think, 12 minutes long and you can watch it on, on YouTube for free. Um, actually, on the Oscars YouTube channel, they um, they want to preserve it and you can, you can watch it there. And it's 12 minutes. It has no dialogue and it just features two child actors. Uh, one one is playing a rich young boy and the other one is playing a, a poor boy from the slums. And it's about their encounter and um, Ray is uh, really packing a lot of lot of stuff in those uh, into that 12 minutes. And uh, I really I really enjoyed it a lot. It's probably one of the it's easily one of the best short films that I've ever seen. And yeah, I can recommend that one. And another uh, new oh. Indian movie that I just saw is uh, called Biryani. It's uh, named after a, a dish, after a meal. And it's a Malayalam language drama, extremely low budget. And um, I think it was shown at some festivals and it also got some some awards. And uh, you can watch it on a very new streaming platform. Uh, I think it's called caveindia.com. That's where I watched it. Um, and that's, this movie is also very dark and uh, also very sad and hard-hitting. It's about a, a young Muslim woman who is um, losing pretty much everything in her life because her brother uh, went missing. And now it's revealed that her brother has um, ties to the, to the Islamic State, to ISIS. And because of that, her husband, um, it, it was a loveless uh, arranged marriage um, anyway but um, without her husband her husband husband is leaving her and now she has no safety net and uh, the uh, muslim community is also repelling her and she has to leave and her mother is also mentally ill so there's a lot of lot of stuff in that movie and um, it's easily just by by talking about all the the content you can easily maybe think it's kind kind of a misery porn but it's um told in a way that's almost poetic and um i and the, the word enjoy is maybe not the right one but i thought it was very mm -hmm. powerful and it's also one that's super different from the indian mainstream because it's very explicit there are some truly explicit explicit images some very graphical stuff in there that i wasn't expecting at all but it's cut in a way it's edited in a way that it makes you look and um, it's confronting the audience with those issues and with the images and um other than other indian movies it's only like 100 minutes so <laughs> i'm nice. yeah i can i can recommend that also not to add not to everyone but um i think it was a powerful movie biryani is the title Great. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I I've been watching a, a lot of uh, interesting things lately, and in particular, I got to go to a private screening at our the local Cinemark and see the Iron Giant on mm. the big screen, and so that was a really fun experience. And uh, it's just such a great movie, I think. Uh, just a beautiful story. Uh, it has such humanity. It's got such beautiful animation. And it was really a moving experience for me to see it on the big screen. But also, I my cousin came. I, hadn't, I actually hadn't seen her in over a year. And we'd both been, you know, fully vaccinated. And I, it was just 
very moving for me to get to see my cousin and uh and my other friends and it was so that was a really great experience yeah that sounds awesome it was mm -hmm. just last year that i saw the iron giant for the first time somehow i oh. i missed it when i was a child and it was during during the first lockdown i think where we watch all kinds of movies that we have never seen before mm -hmm. and i i liked that one a lot as well yeah it's, it's such a beautiful movie mm -hmm. And then also, uh, it came out this last week, is uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines on uh, Netflix. And I absolutely loved this movie. It is such a, uh, such a heartwarming film uh, about this family. And they, that uh, is the girl, she, the lead character, wants to go to film school. And so she gets accepted and uh, the family goes on a road trip to take her to school because the father's having a hard time letting go. And there is a robot apocalypse <laughs> on the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved the movie and I actually got to inter interview uh, the director, Mike Rianda, over at Rotoscopers. Uh, and uh, that was really neat to have a chance to get to talk to him and uh, I think uh, the animation is so beautiful, uh, the way that it kind of combines uh, 2D and CG in this kind of hybrid, which they've been doing over at Sony, which I'm just so excited about. And uh, it's, I, I, I watched it and I just think, who couldn't relate to this movie? I, I feel hmm. like anybody could. So I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, and so those are two of my favorites that I watched recently. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I've heard only good things about it. And I think for maybe for the Criterion Project listeners, the the more enticing uh, thing about the movie, um, if you haven't heard about it, it's that it's it feels like it's kind of a follow up in the style of Spider-Man mm -hmm. into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Right. And kind of that, like you were saying, mix of 3D and not only the mix of 3D and 2D, but in a very expressionistic uh mm -hmm. exciting way yeah and it flows kind of in and out of it especially as she's talking about her movies that she likes to make and and uh, it also has the same producers and as uh, spider-verse with phil lord and chris miller and uh, when i was talking to the director mike randa he said that uh they would c constantly to present the movies the movie to to them to lord and miller and they would constantly say push it further push it harder do mm. uh be braver and you can really see that kind of influence and i think uh that they uh they they not only make really funny films if it's just they're producing but uh but i don't know there's just an edge to them that i really appreciate mm-hmm yeah i'm excited for it yeah so that's what I've been watching, but let's talk about Pather Panchali. This was my pick because I had heard about it for a long time, but I had never seen it. So I thought it would be a fun, uh, fun one to give a shot at. And it's interesting because they have it in the, the Saturday afternoon collection, Saturday matinee collection. Mm. And I, I don't think it really is, even though it's about, uh this uh, this family i don't think it's really a, a children's movie would you would you agree yeah i mean the the to me the saturday matinee section has become the rachel wagner section so as long as you like it i think it's appropriate <laughs> that's true yeah so, but i think uh, regarding the, the the pacing and the mood of the movie i think it kind of fits i i, I can i can see why they put it there uh -huh. And uh, I think there's nothing in the movie that's completely um, something that a child that's maybe too much because we are spoiling the movie, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. a recap. Because so even even I mean, there are two um, two deaths in the movie, two important death scenes mm -hmm. that are um, very sad and hard hitting. But I think they are presented in a way that a child, I mean, not not a four year old, but that a, that a child could. Um, appreciate and uh, get something from it as well and because the movie it's not completely told through the through the eyes of this young boy apu but um, as the movie progresses he becomes like 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 a witness to the things that are happening and um, 
So I, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. I think in my in my book, I would I would say children can watch it and, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though they're not the primary audience, I think they, yeah. there's children who could appreciate it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, mm -hmm. it's basically about this family, and uh, they're it's kind of a slice of life kind of a feel of their uh, their survival. Uh, and they have there's the Abu Apu, and there's the daughter uh, Durga, and uh, their struggle. The father wants to be a, uh, a performer, and uh, their struggle to uh, to survive. And overall. What did you think overall of the movie, Conrado? So there's something that I want to get out of the way first, so to speak, which is that I thought the movie was very beautiful in a lot of ways, but also I felt particularly uh, moved by the movie. Or, or I don't know, I had a very intense experience, partially because I had been seeing in the news um, all the the really tough times that are that are going on in India and how the COVID nineteen um, is really um, kind of wrecking havoc over there. So that was in the back of my mind while I was watching this, and it made me. So I want to take it with that all of that with a grain of salt, and maybe I can just say that um, if you are listening and you have the means or, or are willing to help out the Indian. Uh, population who is going through a really tough time then I encourage you to do so and I will put some links in the show description if you want to know more information yeah. about that um, but regarding the film itself I thought it was like you said very beautiful kind of like a slice of life drama about this family um, a lot of really funny beautiful moments and a lot of um, kind of sad uh, moments you know kind of like life itself I don't know it felt mm -hmm. it felt to me kind of like a perfect uh, sort of Roger Ebert movie you know it felt <laughs> like something that he would love that it's kind of like about the humanity and the and the human spirit and the empathy machine and all that mm -hmm. stuff I don't know how you guys felt about it yeah ab absolutely I think it's it's kind of it's about life and it has a very very young protagonist in, in the young boy Apu and it has this super old character um, I don't know her name, but uh, she's um, Eder, so, I think Idar. Um, You're talking about the uh, the aunt, the in, India, India Takrun, I think the the old aunt. So, but I'm not mm -hmm. really sure yeah. uh, how they are related. Um, maybe it's just um, that they call her aunt. But she's super mm -hmm. old, and it was also at that time when the movie was made. It was super unusual to put um, to put someone who's that old in a movie because normally you just um, have a younger actress and um, apply makeup to make her look old but um, she was actually in her 80s and the movie I think beautifully captures this, this spectrum from 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 childbirth from being from living through childhood and then uh, living to to the end of the life and um, dying and when when she dies it's the children who discover her first and um, it is it's this beautiful bow from from the young age to the old age and um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what I appreciate so yeah. much about the movie. And this is the first in a trilogy about this young boy. Is that correct? Exactly. It's the first part in the so-called Apu trilogy, and um, it was based on on a novel, on a kind of autobiographical novel. And um, the, it's when you when you I, I haven't read the novel, but the novel is actually longer than the first movie. And the, the first two movies, Pata Panchali and the sequel Aparajito, they are covering like the first novel. And then I think the third movie, it's um, much more um, based on on Satyajit Ray's own ideas and how the story progresses. And um, Apu, we see Apu as a boy in the in the second one as well. But then there's a there are many time. Um, skips as in the first one as well and then he's a young he's an adolescent who goes to go studying and then in the third movie we see him as a young man who also gets married and who gets uh, becomes a father himself so um, the, the trilogy is covering this life from his birth to maybe when he's in his 30s or yeah late late 30s i think 
Now, Sachjit Race, he somebody that got the praise and adulation like during his during his career, or was it something kind of after that? Or how was what was his career like? Um, no, luckily he got he was pretty acclaimed uh, during his lifetime, and um, the first movie, Pata Panjali, his, his debut movie, was actually shown at the Museum of Art in New York in 1955, which was mm -hmm. also a reason why they had to to push the movie to um, be finished because he had that uh, agreement with them, and I think they they gave him some money as well, and um, then it won in Cannes the, the human best Do best human document award which I think was just for this movie, this, uh, this name for the award. And then uh, I think Aparagito has won in, in Berlin and pretty much a, a lot of his movies um, were pretty acclaimed during his lifetime. And he met a lot of, uh, he was very well versed in European cinema and had a lot of connections to um, other filmmakers and visited Hollywood and was very tight at one point with James Houston and visited Billy Wilder and so on. And um, I think he was pretty pretty acclaimed but it's um it's interesting he he never he was always just making or just is probably the, the wrong word but he was always doing movies in india and um also specifically um he has only one other he has one movie that is um, in hindi language all the others are in in his um, native tongue bengali and i think that's one of the the things uh, that people say about such a degraded his movies are um so so specific and so perfect in um, depicting the Bengali Bengali life, but on the other hand, they are so universal that um, film lovers from all around the world appreciate them and can find something in them. And uh, also, also a funny little story. But at the premiere in New York at the Museum of Modern Art, the subtitles for the movie um, weren't ready, so they watched it without subtitles. It was a it was a, a small crowd of. Uh, selected people i think but they uh, nevertheless appreciated the movie very much and i think it it tells a lot about the universal appeal because when you don't have subtitles for the movie there are a lot of things that you that you will miss for sure like the father going away to get some job or something like that but i think a lot of things you will still totally get yeah yeah i actually yes that was my experience uh i mean obviously i watched it with subtitles so i got uh what was happening but i watching it i really did feel that there's such a, a precise sense of style and and visual storytelling that he's doing in his direction of the movie and that i mean he's also working in a tradition of like this really feels to me like a indian take on like italian neorealism or yes, something right yes, so absolutely. it's going so you can kind of feel, if you know that, then you kind of sense that style. And then on top of it, he makes these very beautiful compositions that I feel that I felt like, even if I didn't understand what's going on, I would just have a great time just looking at what's, uh, at these images. You know, there's this scene where the mom um, throws the daughter out of the house because she thinks that she has stole, stolen the bracelet. And you can you kind of see uh, the daughter Dorga outside the house uh, crying, and then you can see through the this kind of broken window, you can see the mom on the other side, and that looks so beautiful. And then there's other scenes where kind of the camera moves halfway through and reveals other characters in another part of the house or in another part of the woods. I don't know. I thought it was visually very very engaging movie. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And one thing that struck me is sort of the uh, contrast between the sense of play that you see with the kids, even when they're, you know, playing in the rain or just when they're uh, be having mischief and they're running around and just being kids. And there's a freedom to that, that I really enjoyed, but then there's always sort of the flip side of the darker reality of, you know, the rain making them sick and, uh, they're not having enough food and uh, the the problems with the dad and just all of that. I, I thought that it, that was an interesting contrast. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just just visually, it's it's just a breathtaking movie, I think, especially the scene you mentioned when it's raining later on in the, the monsoon season. And um, it's just such a, I don't know, pure pure cinematic image just to to watch these children 
in the rain or also the the, the moment where um, when Apu is seeing a train, I guess for the first time in his life, and they are running towards that train. That's also such a cinematic moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to give a little shout out to the director of cinematography, which is uh, Zubratra Mitra. And it was also, it wasn't just uh, such a race first movie. It was also the first movie for the director of cinematography, which is kind of crazy when you look at the images. And uh, they worked a lot uh, together in the, in the, in the, for the following movies. Yeah. Yes. Incredible work all around. I also love the movie, the, I mean, the music by Ravi Shankar, who yes. then became a very popular working with the Beatles and, you know, bringing Indian music, music all around the world. Um, very beautiful score. And also, so talking about what you were saying though, Rachel, um, something that I was wondering about the movie that I, liked a lot but it made me really think about portrayals of poverty in film and how it's kind of very tricky to do it right I feel like um, you know I was thinking of something like um, recent best picture winner Nomadland and I have a lot of kind of issues with the way that that movie portrays um, the kind of the nomads the homeless people in the movie and then Taken about this movie and how you see all this struggle like you're saying but from the perspective of the children it also made me think of the movie that we've covered in the show charlie chaplin's the kid and how that uh dealt with poverty and i don't have a specific take on it yet but i wanted to bring it up to see what you guys thought about that yeah i know what you mean that uh, that sometimes it can be like you were saying like jimmy was saying uh, with misery porn and there can be this idea of like like Hillbilly Elegy for me was a mm. movie that very poorly portrayed poverty and uh, was just kind of wallowing in these people's misery. Uh, and uh, that would be my contrast. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think this one, they, it's, they don't forget to have the joyous moments that family and in childhood that you, that you have uh, that uh, it's not all misery, but that's always sort of there too. Yeah, I think they, they find a good balance and there's also, there's not really any melodrama or any kind of sentimental touch to the movie. It all feels very mm -hmm. genuine and there's you can always feel this this sensitivity, how the, the child actors are directed, how the story unfolds and the, the, the whole atmosphere mm -hmm. of the movie. I think it's just... Um, very very poetic and not um not it doesn't feel manipulative in any kind of way and and maybe it'd be different uh now but one of the things that struck me is just the amount of time that was required in making and preparing food hmm. that the that these people had to uh, had to deal with every single day and this is just the amount of stress and pressure and in the very very first scene of the movie is about him him stealing the apples from the neighbor and it was just like food food is such a such a struggle and it's how much time she spent sort of milling the 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 food and mm. and and preparing the food and i thought that was that was interesting yeah, that's a great point. I think that is uh, essential in making the movie feel um, real and and down to earth in its in its portrayal of, of poverty. That you can see that it's it, why it takes so much space in their lives mm -hmm. because it's it's something that it's so essential that like you know we might take for granted, but like can become your whole life when you don't have it. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the fact that they don't make such a big deal about it, but it's so present, I think it's, it kind of speaks to that balance that you, we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when What did you think of Edir, I think is, is the name, the aunt. What did you think of her character? Because I, I, I lost both of my grandmas in 2019, and uh, it was a lot of uh, work uh, making sure that they were cared for and they had the the uh the right uh, accommodations and everything for my father and for his siblings and everything but uh, and my mom and uh, but obviously that's a thing we were grateful to do and we were glad to do but you know that was an interesting dynamic especially when you're comparing to the children 
and how much work they are as well. Uh, but uh, uh, what, what what did you think of her character? What do you think? Jimmy? I, I think her character is kind of a kind of the secret heart of the movie, actually. And I think there's so much in there with the dynamic with the with the mother mother character, mm-hmm. and um, it's also it feels like uh, it's this constant back and forth. She she has to leave because the mother can't take her anymore. Then she's coming back, but then of course one day um, there won't be any coming back because she gets too old for that. And um, I think they Satya uh, Ray did such a great job in. Um, you when you when you see that relationship between the mother and this this old lady you feel at least i felt um sympathy for the old lady because the the mother was treating her kind of harshly but um you don't um you don't begin to see or at least i didn't uh, see the mother in a too negative light because she has also so much to take care of and no money and uh, the the health is coming apart and stuff like that and so it's just a uh, human that she that it's maybe too much and that she's that uh, harsh to the to the old lady mm-hmm. yeah you... i agree with all of that and and also for the mother there is this element of the other people in the village and how she already seems to to have been a little bit cast off or a little bit looked down upon by some of the other neighbors who are a little bit better off than they are mm-hmm. And, you know, she's very conscious in the first scene to tell her children, don't take the fruit from their trees because they're complaining about us stealing their fruit, you know. And um, so I could really feel the pressure that she was under. I could also feel kind of the um, pressure, for lack of a better word, that the aunt, um, you know, the older woman was under in terms of um, having no place to go and you know and being too old to like work and uh having to be at the mercy of her family members mm-hmm. uh taking care of her and giving her a roof to stay under but also feel like she's an adult you know and i you know you should you should treat me as an adult but also i need you but you know it's a very complex situation but also a situation that is present in in life all the time so that made it feel very um real Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well let's talk about our questions that we do so Mm -hmm. conrado why do you think this is a criterion in the criterion collection yeah well i think there's a lot a lot of reasons for that um first of all there's just the fact that satyajit ray is such an important figure in world cinema and in indian cinema in particular um he is probably the most well-known Indian director outside of India, I would say, um, still is, and his reputation is huge. And, and he also, you know, this is the first movie of his that I've seen, but I think it's a great movie. It's really, really well made. It's particularly impressive, like Jimmy was saying, for someone who is making their f- debut as a director. And yeah, and also, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Okay, can I digress for a second and talk about my only uh, critique of the movie, which might sound like a naive critique, because I feel like it might be something that someone who's like hosting the Criterion Project shouldn't like focus <laughs> on this sort of thing. But my favorite character in the movie was Dorga, the daughter. Mm-hmm. She, to me, was felt so real. She was so alive and she was such a smart kid and such at such a impressionable and, and relatable age for me. It's like that age, like right before the teenage years or the very early teenage years in which you're old enough to realize kind of everything that's going around you and the class system that she's living in and the situation economically of her family versus the other people in the village, but also young enough to still have that kind of childhood energy and freedom and wanting to play and wanting to be a kid. Mm-hmm. So I really connected with that character and I was so, so upset to when I saw what happened to her. And I understand that for the movie, thematically, it makes sense and it's very tragic and it's, it's an essential part of the movie's message. But just as a person, just as a viewer, I was I was so upset about yeah. it that I was like, I don't like this. Well, especially this have to happen after to she was so joyous in her dance mm. in the rain. In the rain, yes. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> 
Oh. So that's the only thing that that was too sad for me mm-hmm. to take. But the rest of the movie, I think it's great. <laughs> Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, why it, it's it's a criterion in the criterion. Uh, it's in the criterion collection and on yeah. the channel. I mean, I I totally echo uh, what you were saying about uh, Zadjadzi Dre being one of the most um, important and influential figures in, in world cinema. And I think another reason, um, criterion channel or collection, they um, they, of course, want to present these movies, but I think they also want to um, maybe help to preserve them. And especially when it comes to Indian cinema, um, our at least our personal experience over the last few years um, that we reviewed Indian movies, a lot of older Indian movies are not available anywhere in, in good enough quality. I think um, it's it's the case with, with all movies worldwide that it's very difficult to, to find older movies when they are not completely um in the in the in the film canon so to speak but even if they're in the film canon even um big indian movies you can find them anywhere and i think it's so great that at least um some of the movies not all of them but some of the movies by Satya Dre are kind of preserved um on the criterion channel and be um available for for the public to see and i mm-hmm. think um yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think for a long time, Satya Jidre was also the, the only Indian director on the on the channel. Nowadays, there are some more names, which which is great. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's really a shame how many older Indian movies are kind of lost or only available in the wrong aspect ratio or in really bad quality. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you two on this one. And I think even just the pacing and the filmmaking and the black and white, all those things, I think, also help it feel very criterion worthy, uh, in, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, so uh, what do we give it on our on our pretentiousness scale? And uh, I feel like this one's a little bit hard to yeah. <laughs> to decide. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I I feel like almost everything we we say this is <laughs> this one's a little bit hard <laughs> unless it's a Godard film that's easy but yeah, uh, yeah. but <laughs> but I would say a seven I, do you think that's fair uh, what do, what makes you go with a seven just because of the pacing and the uh, the the how sad it is and I don't know just certain things it's not like super crowd pleasing but like very you know well done i wouldn't say it's super pretentious mm. i don't know uh, but i agree with you that there is an an element of pretension there of seriousness right i think yeah. he wants to make a, a movie that feels in its sort of simplicity and its daily a very matter of fact representation of daily life it also wants to be profound which to me I mean, I think it, it works and I think it's a worthy thing to do with a movie, but it does feel a little bit pretentious, you know? Yeah, he pretty much also wanted to make something that wasn't um, done in the Indian film industry at that time. He he wasn't, he didn't want to make a commercial crowd-pleasing movie. He didn't want to include songs and dances and stuff like that. And uh, Ray was very well-versed in, in European cinema, as I told you, and he also founded the Kolkata Film Society, and they uh, were exposed to a lot of great movies from uh, Bergman, Fellini, and, and other directors. And so you could call it a little bit pretentious in that way because he wanted to uh, make something true to his uh, idea of cinema. And um, But on the other hand, I think it's so... Um, uh, of course, it's slow. It's um, it's There's no no clear-cut story from A to B. It's more about the characters, so it's always a little bit more difficult to watch. But it's also so universal and so you just, even if you don't know anything about Indian culture, even if you're maybe um, baffled about some elements, you can still get get the story and know what it's about and feel touched by it. So for me personally, maybe I would maybe give it a five on the, on the pretentious yeah. scale. What do you think, Conrado? What would you give I it? think... I think maybe I would cut the difference between the two of you and go with the six. But yeah, I think I think we're kind of around the same. It's, I think, you know, middle of the pack, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so here's the point where we try to pitch our remake of, of the movie. And, and with movies like this that are like classics, it's always a little awkward because it just feels wrong. But the best I could come up with as far as a remake is if they kind of went the approach of the breadwinner and made it animated 
and uh and i think that would be interesting and different you could have the team at cartoon saloon do it because they're amazing and that was i think that would be its own thing enough that it would be uh it would be palatable Uh, i think that's an interesting route to take um because i think visually it would be so different but the potential to be equally beautiful just in a different way is there Mm. yeah i i kind of like the animation idea i was um to be honest a little bit lost uh, to come up with with a good uh, good idea about a remake i mean it's it's based on a novel so you could of course argue that um you can just adapt the novel in a other format and maybe do it in animation and maybe be more true to the novel because there are some differences and maybe you could do that but it's of course super difficult with a a movie as great and as influential as this one um so i don't really have have an idea but i um there's a movie i haven't seen it yet but um it's called apur panchali and it's from 2013 also a bengali language movie and that movie is uh, kind of about the, the real life story um, of Zubir Banaji. And Zubir Banaji is the, the child actor who plays uh, Apu in Pata Panchali. Oh, yeah. And I think that was his only um, his only acting job. And I haven't seen Apu Panchali, but it should be pretty interesting. And um, that is, of course, kind of um, because I think there are uh, strong references to Pata Panchali and maybe something in the vein of, of that movie. So some other element from, from Pata Panchali, but tell in a different way. I don't know. Right. No, that's a good, that's, yeah. I didn't know about the existence of that movie. That sounds very interesting. And I think it's a good way to go about this, you know, frankly, kind of me in question about the remaking Pater Panchali. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a pitch, Conrado? So what the, the first thing that I thought about and that I noticed after watching the movie just was just the realization of how many movies feel influenced by it uh-huh. and how many movies came rushing to my head thinking like, oh, this feels like it's almost a remake of Patrick Panchali. And the one that I thought was really, really close is the from last year, uh, Minari. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh-huh. that is so like that I feel like almost should be called a remake you know <laughs> because it's call. like the family dynamics dynamics are so similar the tone is very similar the the point of view of telling the story with the children and the adults and you have this father who has these kind of like big dreams about his work and what he wants to do and then a mother who's very has a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to keep it going and then the grandma you know character who is you know would be the equivalent to the auntie in Pater Panchali mm-hmm. you know so i thought that was very very influenced by it which made me think that i think the the way to go about it would be to translate the kind of like the setup or the dynamics to different um, places or different or slightly different circumstances, right? The way that Minari did, because I think Minari is a really good movie as well. Yeah. Um, and because I'm from Peru, from South America, I thought we should do a Peruvian version. Yeah, it should be like up in the in the highlands in the Andes and see what happens. I would love to see that. Um, as far as who could make it, I. There's a director called Os- Oscar Catacora who made a movie called Wanyai Pacha, which means eternity in uh, the native Aymara language, I think. And it is set in the Andes and it's about this elderly couple who are kind of like waiting for their son who is supposed to come to visit them. Um, it also felt, that movie felt also inspired by like uh, Ozu, the Japanese director. So I think that the director... Uh, has that kind of like you know mid-century art cinema vibe to him that I feel like he could do a good job with that the other person that I thought about was the Thai director of Pichapong Wereseteku who usually makes movies in Thailand but he just made a movie with Tilda Swinton in Colombia so I think if he's in Colombia why don't you just hop over to <laughs> hey, Peru and make this other movie you know very good that yeah, yeah. that's that's those are both good choices. Uh, I I think of Minari, but you're absolutely right about that. Uh, I love that movie. That was really good. All right. Well, Conrado, what are we going to be looking at next uh, on the Criterion Project? 
So next time on Criterion Project, we are going to look at A Woman Under the Influence. And this is the movie from 1974, directed by the very famous kind of revolutionary independent director John Cassavetes, starring his wife at the time, Gina Rowlands, in what is supposed to be one of the great performances in film. So I'm really looking forward to it because I haven't seen it, but I've always wanted to. So I felt like this was the right time since the Criterion Channel is putting up a whole collection of Gina Rowland's movies. So it seemed like it was, a, yeah. you know, the right place, the right time. Yeah, I'm excited, too. I have not seen it. So that'll be really fun to give it a watch. And thank you so much, Jimmy, for coming on and talking with us. This was so fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun as well. Yeah. So how can people find your channel and uh, what you do? Yeah, they can find me just on YouTube. Just uh, type in Jimmy Cage and also on Twitter, Instagram and Letterboxd at deadjimmycage. And that's uh, where you can find me. Great. And Conrado, how about you? The best way to find uh, the stuff that I'm doing, which I'm always doing like so many things that I can't keep track of, is to go on Twitter and follow me at CocoHitsNY. And then you can see all my writing and my podcasts and my videos and all the good stuff. Yeah. And make sure you're following the podcast at Criterion Pod on Twitter. We have been doing a little bit better, I think, uh, posting on there. And and, uh, we like to have the conversation. So and make sure you're following us over there. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also make sure you're following the Hallmarkies podcast. We have a lot of fun over there as well. So a lot of fun stuff going on. And we really look forward to hearing your thoughts about this movie and uh, and the uh, the birthday of Sajajit Ray. Uh, 100 100 birthdays <laughs> it's very exciting <laughs> so thanks so much jimmy we really appreciate it and we'll talk to y'all at our next episode bye everyone bye bye